Section sixty of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book nine, chapter eight. Mitch's great secret received with hisses. Gentlemen, he began, still in the same agitation, I want to make a full confession. That money was my own the lawyer's faces lengthened that was not at all what they expected how do you mean faltered nikolai parfenovitch when at five o'clock on the same day from your own confession damn five o'clock on the same day and my own confession that's nothing to do with it now that money was my own my own that is stolen by me not mine i mean but stolen by me and it was fifteen hundred roubles and i had it on me all the time all the time but where did you get it i took it off my neck gentlemen off this very neck it was here round my neck sewn up in a rag and i'd had it round my neck a long time it's a month since i put it round my neck to my shame and disgrace and from whom did you appropriate it you mean steal it speak out plainly now yes i consider that i practically stole it but if you prefer i appropriated it i consider i stole it and last night i stole it finally last night but you said that it's a month since you obtained it yes but not from my father not from my father don't be uneasy i didn't steal it from my father but from her let me tell you without interrupting it's hard to do you know you see a month ago i was sent for by katerina ivanovna formerly my betrothed do you know her yes of course i know you know her she's a noble creature noblest of the noble but she has hated me ever so long oh ever so long and hated me with good reason good reason katerina ivanovna nikolai parfenovitch exclaimed with wonder the prosecutor too stared oh don't take her name in vain i'm a scoundrel to bring her into it yes i've seen that she hated me a long while from the very first even that evening at my lodging but enough enough you're unworthy even to know of that no need of that at all i need only tell you that she sent for me a month ago gave me three thousand roubles to send off to her sister and another relation in moscow as though she couldn't have sent it off herself and i it was just at that fatal moment in my life when i well in fact when i'd just come to love another her she's sitting down below now grushenka i carried her off here to Macro then and wasted here in two days half that damned three thousand but the other half i kept on me well i've kept that other half that fifteen hundred like a locket round my neck but yesterday i undid it and spent it what's left of it eight hundred roubles is in your hands now nikolai parfenovitch that's the change out of the fifteen hundred i had yesterday excuse me how's that why when you were here a month ago you spent three thousand not fifteen hundred everybody knows that who knows it who counted the money did i let anyone count it why you told everyone yourself that you'd spent exactly three thousand it's true i did i told the whole town so and the whole town said so 
and here at mockrow too everyone reckoned it was three thousand yet i didn't spend three thousand but fifteen hundred and the other fifteen hundred i sewed into a little bag that's how it was gentlemen that's where i got that money yesterday this is almost miraculous murmured nikolai parfenovitch allow me to inquire observed the prosecutor at last have you informed any one whatever of this circumstance before i mean that you had fifteen hundred left about you a month ago i told no one that's strange do you mean absolutely no one absolutely no one no one and nobody what was your reason for this reticence what was your motive for making such a secret of it to be more precise you have told us at last your secret in your words so disgraceful though in reality that is of course comparatively speaking this action that is the appropriation of three thousand roubles belonging to someone else and of course only for a time is in my view at least only an act of the greatest recklessness and not so disgraceful when one takes into consideration your character even admitting that it was an action in the highest degree discreditable still discreditable is not disgraceful many people have already guessed during this last month about the three thousand of katerina ivanovna's that you have spent and i heard the legend myself apart from your confession mihail makarovitch for instance had heard it too so that indeed it was scarcely a legend but the gossip of the whole town there are indications too if i am not mistaken that you confessed this yourself to some one i mean that the money was katerina ivanovna's and so it's extremely surprising to me that hitherto that is up to the present moment you have made such an extraordinary secret of the fifteen hundred you say you put by apparently connecting a feeling of positive horror with that secret it's not easy to believe that it could cost you such distress to confess such a secret you cried out just now that siberia would be better than confessing it the prosecutor ceased speaking he was provoked he did not conceal his vexation which was almost anger and gave vent to all his accumulated spleen disconnectedly and incoherently without choosing words it's not the fifteen hundred that's the disgrace but that i put it apart from the rest of the three thousand said mitya firmly why smiled the prosecutor irritably what is there disgraceful to your thinking in your having set aside half of the three thousand you had discreditably if you prefer disgracefully appropriated your taking the three thousand is more important than what you did with it and by the way why did you do that why did you set apart that half for what purpose for what object did you do it can you explain that to us oh gentlemen the purpose is the whole point cried mitya i put it aside because i was vile that is because i was calculating and to be calculating in such a case is vile and that vileness has been going on a whole month it's incomprehensible i wonder at you but i'll make it clearer perhaps it really is incomprehensible you see attend to what i say 
i appropriate three thousand entrusted to my honour i spend it on a spree say i spend it all and next morning i go to her and say katya i've done wrong i've squandered your three thousand well is that right no it's not right it's dishonest and cowardly i'm a beast with no more self-control than a beast that's so isn't it but still i'm not a thief not a downright thief you'll admit i squandered it but i didn't steal it now a second rather more favorable alternative follow me carefully or i may get confused again my head's going round and so for the second alternative i spend here only fifteen hundred out of the three thousand that is only half next day i go and take that half to her katya take this fifteen hundred from me i'm a low beast and an untrustworthy scoundrel for i've wasted half the money and i shall waste this too so keep me from temptation well what of that alternative i should be a beast and a scoundrel and whatever you like but not a thief not altogether a thief or i should not have brought back what was left but have kept that too she would see at once that since i brought back half i should pay back what i'd spent that i should never give up trying to that i should work to get it and pay it back so in that case i should be a scoundrel but not a thief you may say what you like not a thief i admit that there is a certain distinction said the prosecutor with a cold smile but it's strange that you see such a vital difference yes i see a vital difference every man may be a scoundrel and perhaps every man is a scoundrel but not every one can be a thief it takes an arch scoundrel to be that oh of course i don't know how to make these fine distinctions but a thief is lower than a scoundrel that's my conviction listen i carry the money about me a whole month i may make up my mind to give it back to-morrow and i am a scoundrel no longer but i cannot make up my mind you see though i'm making up my mind every day and every day spurring myself on to do it and yet for a whole month i can't bring myself to it you see is that right to your thinking is that right certainly it's not right that i can quite understand and that i don't dispute answered the prosecutor with reserve and let us give up all discussion of these subtleties and distinctions and if you will be so kind get back to the point and the point is that you have still not told us although we've asked you why in the first place you halved the money squandering one half and hiding the other for what purpose exactly did you hide it what did you mean to do with that fifteen hundred i insist upon that question dmitri fyodorovitch yes of course cried mitya striking himself on the forehead forgive me i'm worrying you and am not explaining the chief point or you'd understand in a minute for it's just the motive of it that's the disgrace you see it was all to do with the old man my dead father he was always pestering agrafena alexandrovna and i was jealous i thought then that she was hesitating between me and him so i kept thinking every day suppose she were to make up her mind all of a sudden suppose she were to leave off tormenting me and were suddenly to say to me i love you not him take me to the other end of the world and i'd only forty kopecks how could i take her away what could i do why i'd be lost 
you see i didn't know her then i didn't understand her i thought she wanted money and that she wouldn't forgive my poverty and so i fiendishly counted out the half of that three thousand sewed it up calculating on it sewed it up before i was drunk and after i had sewn it up i went off to get drunk on the rest yes that was base do you understand now both the lawyers laughed aloud i should have called it sensible and moral on your part not to have squandered it all chuckled nikolai parfenovitch for after all what does it amount to why that i stole it that's what it amounts to oh god you horrify me by not understanding every day that i had that fifteen hundred sewn up round my neck every day and every hour i said to myself you're a thief you're a thief yes that's why i've been so savage all this month that's why i fought in the tavern that's why i attacked my father it was because i felt i was a thief i couldn't make up my mind i didn't dare even to tell alyosha my brother about that fifteen hundred i felt i was such a scoundrel and such a pickpocket but do you know while i carried it i said to myself at the same time every hour no dmitri fyodorovitch you may yet not be a thief why because i might go next day and pay back that fifteen hundred to katya and only yesterday i made up my mind to tear my amulet off my neck on my way from fenius to perhoten i hadn't been able till that moment to bring myself to it and it was only when i tore it off that i became a downright thief a thief and a dishonest man for the rest of my life why because with that i destroyed too my dream of going to katya and saying i am a scoundrel but not a thief do you understand now do you understand what was it made you decide to do it yesterday nikolai parfenovitch interrupted why it's absurd to ask because i had condemned myself to die at five o'clock this morning here at dawn i thought it made no difference whether i died a thief or a man of honour but i see it's not so it turns out that it does make a difference believe me gentlemen what has tortured me most during this night has not been the thought that i'd killed the old servant and that i was in danger of siberia just when my love was being rewarded and heaven was open to me again oh that did torture me but not in the same way not so much as the damned consciousness that i had torn that damned money off my breast at last and spent it and had become a downright thief oh gentlemen i tell you again with a bleeding heart i have learnt a great deal this night i have learnt that it's not only impossible to live a scoundrel but impossible to die a scoundrel no gentlemen one must die honest mitchell was pale his face had a haggard and exhausted look in spite of his being intensely excited i am beginning to understand you dmitri fyodorovitch the prosecutor said slowly in a soft and almost compassionate tone but all this if you'll excuse my saying so is a matter of nerves in my opinion your overwrought nerves that's what it is and why for instance should you not have saved yourself such misery for almost a month by going and returning that fifteen hundred to the lady who had entrusted it to you 
and why could you not have explained things to her and in view of your position which you describe as being so awful why could you not have had recourse to the plan which would so naturally have occurred to one's mind that is after honourably confessing your errors to her why could you not have asked her to lend you the sum needed for your expenses which with her generous heart she would certainly not have refused you in your distress especially if it had been with some guarantee or even on the security you offered to the merchant samsonov and to madame holakoff i suppose you still regard that security as of value mitya suddenly crimsoned surely you don't think me such an out-and-out scoundrel as that you can't be speaking in earnest he said with indignation looking the prosecutor straight in the face and seeming unable to believe his ears i assure you i'm in earnest why do you imagine i'm not serious it was the prosecutor's turn to be surprised oh how base that would have been gentlemen do you know you are torturing me let me tell you everything so be it i'll confess all my infernal wickedness but to put you to shame and you'll be surprised yourselves at the depth of ignominy to which a medley of human passions can sink you must know that i already had that plan myself that plan you spoke of just now prosecutor yes gentlemen i too have had that thought in my mind all this current month so that i was on the point of deciding to go to katcha i was mean enough for that but to go to her to tell her of my treachery and for that very treachery to carry it out for the expenses of that treachery to beg for money from her katcha to beg do you hear to beg and go straight from her to run away with the other the rival who hated and insulted her to think of it you must be mad prosecutor mad i am not but i did speak in haste without thinking of that feminine jealousy if there could be jealousy in this case as you assert yes perhaps there is something of the kind said the prosecutor smiling but that would have been so infamous mitya brought his fist down on the table fiercely that would have been filthy beyond everything yes do you know that she might have given me that money yes and she would have given it too she'd have been certain to give it to be revenged on me she'd have given it to satisfy her vengeance to show her contempt for me for hers is an infernal nature too and she's a woman of great wrath i'd have taken the money too oh i should have taken it i should have taken it and then for the rest of my life oh god forgive me gentlemen i'm making such an outcry because i've had that thought in my mind so lately only the day before yesterday that night when i was having all that bother with Lyagovy, and afterwards yesterday all day yesterday i remember till that happened till what happened put in nikolai parfenovitch inquisitively but mitya did not hear it i've made you an awful confession mitya said gloomily in conclusion you must appreciate it and what's more you must respect it for if not if that leaves your souls untouched then you've simply no respect for me gentlemen i tell you that and i shall die of shame at having confessed it to men like you oh i shall shoot myself yes i see i see already that you don't believe me what you want to write that down too he cried in dismay yes what you said just now 
said nikolai parfenovitch looking at him in surprise that is that up to the last hour you were still contemplating going to katerina ivanovna to beg that sum from her i assure you that's a very important piece of evidence for us dmitri fyodorovitch i mean for the whole case and particularly for you particularly important for you have mercy gentlemen mitya flung up his hands don't write that anyway have some shame here i've torn my heart asunder before you and you seize the opportunity and are fingering the wounds in both halves oh my god in despair he hid his face in his hands don't worry yourself so dmitri fyodorovitch observed the prosecutor everything that is written down will be read over to you afterwards and what you don't agree to we'll alter as you like but now i'll ask you one little question for the second time has no one absolutely no one heard from you of that money you sewed up that i must tell you is almost impossible to believe no one no one i told you so before or you've not understood anything leave me alone very well this matter is bound to be explained and there's plenty of time for it but meantime consider we have perhaps a dozen witnesses that you yourself spread it abroad and even shouted almost everywhere about the three thousand you'd spent here three thousand not fifteen hundred and now too when you got hold of the money you had yesterday you gave many people to understand that you had brought three thousand with you you've got not dozens but hundreds of witnesses two hundred witnesses two hundred have heard it thousands have heard it cried mitya well you see all bear witness to it and the word all means something it means nothing i talked rot and everyone began repeating it but what need had you to talk rot as you call it the devil knows from bravado perhaps at having wasted so much money to try and forget that money i had sewn up perhaps yes that was why damn it how often will you ask me that question well i told a fib and that was the end of it once i'd said it i didn't care to correct it what does a man tell lies for sometimes that's very difficult to decide dmitri fyodorovitch what makes a man tell lies observed the prosecutor impressively tell me though was that amulet as you call it on your neck a big thing no not big how big for instance if you fold a hundred rouble note in half that would be the size you'd better show us the remains of it you must have them somewhere damnation what nonsense i don't know where they are but excuse me where and when did you take it off your neck according to your own evidence you didn't go home when i was going from fenius to berhoten's on the way i tore it off my neck and took out the money in the dark what should i want a light for i did it with my fingers in one minute without scissors in the street in the market-place i think it was why scissors it was an old rag it was torn in a minute where did you put it afterwards i dropped it there where was it exactly in the market-place in the market-place the devil knows whereabouts what do you want to know for 
that's extremely important dmitri fyodorovitch it would be material evidence in your favour how is it you don't understand that who helped you to sew it up a month ago no one helped me i did it myself can you sew a soldier has to know how to sew no knowledge was needed to do that where did you get the material that is the rag in which you sewed the money are you laughing at me not at all and we are in no mood for laughing dmitri fyodorovitch i don't know where i got the rag from somewhere i suppose i should have thought you couldn't have forgotten it upon my word i don't remember i may have torn a bit off my linen that's very interesting we may find in your lodgings to-morrow the shirt or whatever it is from which you tore the rag what sort of rag was it cloth or linen goodness only knows what it was wait a bit i believe i didn't tear it off anything it was a bit of calico i believe i sewed it up in a cap of my landlady's in your landlady's cap yes i took it from her how did you get it you see i remember once taking a cap for a rag perhaps to wipe my pen on i took it without asking because it was a worthless rag i tore it up and i took the notes and sewed them up in it i believe it was in that very rag i sewed them an old piece of calico washed a thousand times and you remember that for certain now i don't know whether for certain i think it was in the cap but hang it what does it matter in that case your landlady will remember that the thing was lost no she won't she didn't miss it it was an old rag i tell you an old rag not worth a farthing and where did you get the needle and thread i'll stop now i won't say any more enough of it said mitya losing his temper at last it's strange that you should have so completely forgotten where you threw the pieces in the market-place give orders for the market-place to be swept to-morrow and perhaps you will find it said mitya sneering enough gentlemen enough he decided in an exhausted voice i see you don't believe me not for a moment it's my fault not yours i ought not to have been so ready why why did i degrade myself by confessing my secret to you it's a joke to you i see that from your eyes you led me on to it prosecutor sing a hymn of triumph if you can damn you you torturers he bent his head and hid his face in his hands the lawyers were silent a minute later he raised his head and looked at them almost vacantly his face now expressed complete hopeless despair and he sat mute and passive as though hardly conscious of what was happening in the meantime they had to finish what they were about they had immediately to begin examining the witnesses it was by now eight o'clock in the morning the lights had been extinguished long ago mihail makarovitch and kalganov who had been continually in and out of the room all the while the interrogation had been going on had now both gone out again the lawyers too looked very tired it was a wretched morning the whole sky was overcast and the rain streamed down in bucketfuls mitya gazed blankly out of the window may i look out of the window he asked nikolai parfenovitch suddenly oh as much as you like the latter replied 
Mitchell got up and went to the window. The rain lashed against its little greenish panes. He could see the muddy road just below the house, and farther away, in the rain and mist, a row of poor, black, dismal huts, looking even blacker and poorer in the rain. Mitchell thought of Phoebus the golden-haired, and how he had meant to shoot himself at his first ray. Perhaps it would be even better on a morning like this he thought with a smile and suddenly flinging his hand downwards he turned to his torturers gentlemen he cried i see that i am lost but she tell me about her i beseech you surely she need not be ruined with me she's innocent you know she was out of her mind when she cried last night it's all my fault she's done nothing nothing i've been grieving over her all night as i sat with you can't you won't you tell me what you are going to do with her now you can set your mind quite at rest on that score dmitri fyodorovitch the prosecutor answered at once with evident alacrity we have so far no grounds for interfering with the lady in whom you are so interested i trust that it may be the same in the later development of the case on the contrary we'll do everything that lies in our power in that matter set your mind completely at rest gentlemen i thank you i knew that you were honest straightforward people in spite of everything you've taken a load off my heart well what are we to do now i'm ready well we ought to make haste we must pass to examining the witnesses without delay that must be done in your presence and therefore shouldn't we have some tea first interposed nikolai parfenovitch i think we've deserved it they decided that if tea were ready downstairs mihail makarovitch had no doubt gone down to get some they would have a glass and then go on and on putting off their proper breakfast until a more favourable opportunity tea really was ready below and was soon brought up mitya at first refused the glass that nikolai parfenovitch politely offered him but afterwards he asked for it himself and drank it greedily he looked surprisingly exhausted it might have been supposed from his herculean strength that one night of carousing even accompanied by the most violent emotions could have had little effect on him but he felt that he could hardly hold his head up and from time to time all the objects about him seemed heaving and dancing before his eyes a little more and i shall begin raving he said to himself End of section 60.